didn't have everybody here today, but you know, it's close to Labor Day and a lot of people trying to get that last little vacation in and go to the beach where, uh, and I think it's good, nothing wrong with that. Uh, we just need more people. Do you agree with me? Mm -hmm. Huh? So I'm, gonna, I'm coming up with some ways to get us some more folks. All right? And here, we're going to start the, the Church God of Prophecy has, has put this down for uh, September, uh, being um, the Members Appreciation Month. And uh, I'm going to take it a little step further to everybody's Appreciation Month. Uh, not only just members, but we want uh, to bring in other folks in this month. We want to really have a little drive this month to um, gather our people back. Sometimes, in, uh, as a shepherd, we have other shepherds or other shepherds that help us to gather people in. That's what you are today. I'm on. I'm not going to make you raise your right hand. Swear to it. But I, I'm. I'm deputizing each one of you to be an under-shepherd. And what does an under-shepherd do? Hey, we sure had not seen you in a long time. We really want you to come to church. And don't worry, nobody in our church has got COVID-19. And we have masks sitting at the front door. If you feel more comfortable and wearing a mask, you can do that. All right? See what I'm saying? And we need to start encouraging people to come back. And uh, we're going to do some things. So next Sunday, I'm going to try to help encourage you to encourage people to come back. And we're going to give away next Sunday a gift certificate to many people's favorite. <laughs> we're going to give away a gift certificate to Walmart. And here's how the, the game goes, okay? It's just a couple of rules. One, you get two points if you bring back somebody that's been a member of this church that hasn't been here in a couple of months, okay? If they haven't been here for a while and uh, we need to get them back, you know, I run into these people. They, they call me and ask me to help them. Uh, marry their whoever, their relatives. So I go to the wedding, and they're all there. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, hey, we sure did miss you. I know, the devil really been after me. Mm -hmm. Well, come on in here and let us help you fight the devil together. Mm -hmm. See, you know, we talked about that in Sunday school. The devil's such a liar, you know? Mm -hmm. Huh? And, uh, but I want you to, if you get two points, if somebody is, is a member here and hasn't been here in a while, if you get them to come back, you get two points. If you bring a, a somebody that's uh, not been here or hasn't been here in a while, you get, and not, they're not members, you get a point. And the one that has the most points next Sunday will get this um, gift certificate to Walmart. And, uh, you know, this time that, you know, uh, uh, a trip to Walmart and have your little card with you, you can get some extra things that you might not normally get. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 
I couldn't think of no restaurant that everybody would like, you know, like uh, normally I would have said Cracker Barrel or somewhere like that. But now you have to drive 20 miles to Cracker Barrel. And that's no fun, is it? But uh, we're going to do something different the next Sunday. So every Sunday we're going to have some different thing come up. And uh, so hang in there with us, help us, and let us try to build the church. Amen? 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 And we're going to talk about the church today. Next Sunday we're going to talk about the benefits of being a member. That's next Sunday. But today I'm going to talk about the church and why is it important for the church. Now, I wish that uh, maybe by uh, Facebook here, that we can reach some folks that haven't been coming and uh, they can hear what I'm saying and maybe this is grabbing their heart. You know, I told you about the, um, the railroad, uh, the um, engine, and it throws down a little sand for the steel to grab a hold of so that the engine will turn or the wheels will turn. And then the train is pulled sometimes. You know, some of those trains are like a mile long, aren't they? Huh? Yeah. And these gigantic um, locomotives. But you ever thought about steel on steel? It doesn't, you know, it's kind of slippery, isn't it? But once they get it going, they get a little grit, get it going, and get it started. You ever heard of, you ever seen a train jerk? Huh? You ever been on a train and jerk? I mean, it called it called hope, amen. And I think this church needs a little jerk. <laughs> Catch hold, amen. Huh? And uh, whatever it's going to take. Uh, if I need to pray all night, I've been up praying last night, and, and you know, uh, I'm just not going to let the devil win. Amen. Huh? <clears throat> I'm just not going. Are you going to let him? Huh? You know what? Uh, at the end of this, we're going to come together. I know it's not politically or uh, correct or, um, you know, your distancing. Distancing is not uh, correct for this COVID-19. But I feel pretty good today. I don't think I had no COVID-19. The overseer, he, I talked to him this week, and he's overcome this COVID-19. So I think it's going to be good for us to come together and do something that Satan is trying to do to the church is make us a ununified church. Does that make sense? Huh? Come on now. The word you means you and I together. That's unity, okay? You and I together. Let me tell you a little story. This man, I want to talk about the benefits of the church. This man, uh, he had saved up his money. It reminded me of this uh, little story this morning, brother. And he had saved up his money uh, to go on, uh, to uh, be able to escape Europe and come to the America. So he had bought, saved up his money and bought this um, passage on this ship over to the United States. 
from somewhere in Europe. And he bought a big old thing. You know, they used to buy cheese like in a big old a wooden thing, you know. And uh, uh, you, you remember that, sister? And bologna in the big round in the red thing. My dad sure did love that. He loved it fried too. I don't know if y'all like fried bologna or not. Is that an amen or oh me? Well, if you don't like fried bologna, you better not eat no hot dogs. Hot <laughs> <laughs> dog ain't nothing bologna, but bologna, ain't it? That's a bunch of bologna. Anyway, so he had him a big old thing of saltine crackers, cheese, bologna, and saltine crackers. And he stayed in his room and ate this most, uh, going across his, the the cross trip was about two weeks, but for the first three or four days, he ate bologna, saltine crackers, and cheese. And I, I think that would be okay the first meal, but the second one, it would worry on me, you know? The third, it would definitely, and next day would really be, you know, pounding on me. But finally, he just got up and he had a little extra money, so he went down there and he went through the line of the cafeteria and he got the end of it to pay for it and the lady says to him sir what are you what are you paying for this came with your ticket so for two or three days he's been eating bologna cheese and crackers when he had the full ticket that he could go down and eat whatever they had on their uh, cafeteria Amen? Huh? That's terrible, isn't it? But I'm going to tell you something. The church is more than a social society. The church is more than um, a lot of things that we think it is. And I'm going to read you a little, uh, uh, three or four paragraphs of a, of, uh, of a guy that wrote some stuff about the church. And I just thought it just kind of pinpointed hit it right on the nose this morning. I'm going to read it to you in a moment. But the church was something that Jesus died for. Amen? Not only did he live for it, amen, and not only did the disciples not understand what he was doing, right? But he also died for it. Amen? The, we call it the body of Christ. Amen? When we take communion, we take the body of Christ. Amen? It's the body. It's the body of Christ. And guess what? You and I are the body of Christ. Amen? The royal blood, when we get saved and Sanctify and fill the Holy Ghost, but mostly when we get saved, the royal blood is now infused in us and flows through our veins. Amen? No longer are we the same. We are the true children of God, adopted, adopted, okay, by the blood of Jesus. Amen? And now the Father, God the Father, looks upon us through the filter 
through the filter of Jesus. And you know what he sees? He sees his blessed children. He says, I want to bless them. I don't see, I don't see sin. I see the blood of my son. I don't see sin no more. You know where I talked about Adam and Eve last week. How God ushered them out of the garden. And a great void happened between God and, and man. And from then on, man was trying to sacrifice animals and things and all to try to get favor with God. But God just a band-aid. It was not the surgery to sew God and man back together. Amen? It had been torn apart. And God, and we've been trying to take a, a bandage and bandage it back together with uh, sacrificing, you know? And a lot of sacrifices went on. I mean, if you think about it, so many sacrifices happened when Solomon dedicated the temple that there was mounds of entrails outside and pools of blood because of all these animals that were sacrificed. But the presence of God was there in, in this, so strong that the, the priests could not get up off of the ground. The Spirit of God was so strong there. But that didn't do the job. All these animals that were sacrificed did not do the job. So Jesus, the Son of the living God, God the Father, right? God the Son, and what? God the Holy Ghost. Amen? The three in one. The Godhead. God sent His Son, Jesus, to be born of the Virgin Mary. Is that not correct? And to live here on earth without any blemish, without any sin, for 33 years or so. And then to be crucified at the very end. And to be sacrificed. And the Lord said, I give of myself. You don't take my life from me, but I give it. Amen? Is that right? So at that time, the big gash between God and man, Jesus sewed it back together. And we come become one with the Father. I'll tell you what happened that day when Jesus died on the cross. In the in the temple there was a curtain that was seven inches wide. This thick. It was so thick made of certain things so that you could not see through it. Okay? But that day, from the very top of it, I think it was 14 foot tall. And the curtain went all the way around. All the way around. The Holies of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? The Holies of Holies? Everybody? You understand what I'm saying? That day, from the very top of the 
curtain, seven inches wide. That's pretty thick, isn't it? 14 foot tall. From the top of it to the very bottom of it, it ripped in half. And now, we don't have to go to a chief priest because the chief priest is our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. He has given us a key to the kingdom, right? That we can unlock the door and go in to the Father boldly, as the Bible says. No more do we have to, to go through a sacrificial thing, but we can walk in, kneel down before the Father himself, and by the blood of Jesus being on us, we now can lift up our request unto the Lord. And guess what? There's not a prayer that you don't pray. God don't hear. Do you believe that? Mm -hmm. Huh? So, sir, I believe that when you pray, God, it's a, there's a little uh, bell that goes off in heaven. Huh? And God says, my, my faithful sister, my faithful child down there is praying. I hear it. I hear that prayer. And I do it. And I'm going to tell you something. When we pray, we ought to pray with anticipation. And how, how do I want to say anticipation. that? With great anticipation that our prayers are going to be answered. Huh? We need to pray for our children and such that uh, even my little dog the other day got got sick and I laid hands on him and prayed for him and, and got over it. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. Prayer changes things. Amen? Amen? I pray for many of you many times in the middle of the night that God will touch and heal your body and bless you. I, I tell people that are not coming to church like they should I tell them, I pray for them about 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, are you waking up about 2 o'clock in the morning? And they said, by the way, I am. I said, it's my fault. I'm praying for you. I want God to shake you. I want God to wake you. I want God to take the scales off of your eyes. I want you to come back because it is so important for you and I to fellowship together is so important for you and I to be able to come and congregate together. The Bible said to, to, to not do it. Don't, don't forget yourself. Don't forsake your, your assembling of yourself together. Don't just stay at home. You can't get the presence of God at home as you can get it when God's people come together. See, Satan would want us to be apart. Because I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter how big a monkey is or a gorilla. When he gave him a big stalk of bananas, he can't eat that whole stalk at one time. Kidding? Huh? He has to take a banana off one at a time and peel it and then eat it. Am I right? Yeah. And Satan wants you to stay home, wants you not to be part of the body of Christ. Call it whatever excuse you want to call it. Call it COVID-19. Call it whatever you want to 
You go to Walmart, with, which I think has more germs than anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much they clean. Yep. You got 20,000 people going through there in a day. You're going to have a lot of germs, my friend. And I don't think that they can clean, clean all the germs. But you know what? When you come to church, you have a clean church. You have a wonderful people. You, if you're sick, come. You have people that can lay hands on you and pray for you. That is what church is all about, folks. That is what we got to bring back. The excitement of being in church again. Amen? Amen? David said, I was glad when he said, let us go into the of the Lord. I was not sad, but I was glad. <coughs> Have you ever on Saturday night couldn't wait till Saturday night was over because church was going to be next Sunday morning and something great was going to happen. You could anticipate. You could just know something was going to happen in that service this morning. One time I told Cindy, I said, well, you, you can, not feeling good this morning. Stay at home. She said, no. This is back in Jacksonville. She said, no, we might miss something. I might miss something. And you know what? I wanted to be like that around here. I wanted to be where God's power is moving in this house so great. Hallelujah, that people say, huh, I can't miss the day. We don't know what's going to happen today. Right. Amen. The, the blind can be healed. Amen. The arms that have been cut off can be recreated. Amen. Amen. You believe the Lord can do that? Amen. Huh? Amen. Hey, people that are sick in body and, and sick in mind, sick in their heart. The Lord said, I've come to bind the broken heart, hearted, and what? Set the captives free. And see, Satan says to them, stay at home. It's okay. Am I right? But Satan is a liar. Come on, say that with me. Satan is a liar. Amen? He's a liar. But I'm going to read you a scripture this morning, and then I'm going to, I'm going to end it with uh, this um, reading I wanted to read you. And uh, I want to read you um, this scripture here. And... Uh, Well, you're going to have to, uh, this is in, uh, I believe it's in Matthew. Um, and I just don't know the, the number. <laughs> I didn't write it down, I'm sorry. But you know the scripture anyway. You've heard it many times. So when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea at Philippi, yes, Matthew, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias or Elijah. Or, um, and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 
But he said unto them, But whom say you, or ye, that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Y'all found it? Mm -hmm. What chapter is it? Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 13. And I'm on, uh, I'm on 16. Mm -hmm. Okay, you with me now? Mm -hmm. And the Bible said, And Simon, but let's go back to 15. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? You remember right here, it said, I am. And God had already said that. I am that I am. Amen? Mm -hmm. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, or you the Messiah, and you are God in man. Amen? Huh? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Behold, or look, thou art Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen? And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my what? And the what shall not come against it? Shall not what? Amen. Praise God. The Lord spoke to us right there. You know, a girl told me at, um, I had to go to Keysville yesterday to pick up some prescriptions. I deal with Walgreens, and that's the closest one to me, is in Keysville. Uh, and I went there, and she said to me, uh, we're finally going to go back to church tomorrow. I said, where do you go to church? She said, I go to uh, Mount, uh, Mount Carmel in Brookdale. You heard of that? Yeah. And she said to me, um, wow, we're not even allowed to sing. And I said, that ain't right. I mean, think about it. Satan has done what? Am I right? Huh? I mean, Satan has taken this thing, and I know I'm not supposed to be political, but we need to get rid of some governors. <laughs> they got a little power and that went to their head. You know that? Huh? Amen? Mm -hmm. We need to get rid of some of them because they don't know what they're doing. Amen? Yes, I believe that COVID-19 is a terrible thing. Also, that there's a, a viral thing going around, and that's a bad thing, too. Amen? Huh? And there's other uh, 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 flus and stuff like that, and that's going around, and that's a bad thing, too. And if you're sick with the flu and all, call me. I'll pray for you. Amen? Right? Amen. And the Bible says that. If you're sick, what? Call for the elders of the church. Call, you know what elders mean there? Not that you've been appointed an elder. Because I had some elders, I'd rather not pray for me. Okay? I've had some deacons, I would 
we'd rather them go pray for somebody else because I knew they they would harm me more than they would help me. Amen. Come on now, shake your head. Amen. Am I right? But I'm going to tell you something. I want people that can pray. When I talk about elders, I want them kind that know how to pray. And know how to get a hold of glory. Amen? Huh? And I want them to come and anoint me with oil. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to get healed. Amen? I don't want to come up here and go away worse. I want to come here and get filled with the healing power of Jesus and his blood. Amen? Amen. And I will give thee the keys to the kingdom. Now come on, folks. The keys of the kingdom and uh, of heaven and whoso thou shalt what? Bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whosoever thou loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man. Jesus did that. Don't, don't go tell anybody. You know the first thing they're going to do? Tell everybody. Amen? Well, I'm not. I didn't tell nobody. I told everybody. <laughs> Amen? Huh? Listen. Let me tell you. Jesus said to us in Ephesians, he said, Husband, love your wife. Amen. Huh? That means you too. <laughs> and you too. And that's three. Huh? Love your wife as Christ Love the church. Why would he say that? That's two institutions. One person said he didn't want to be institutionalized. <laughs> but two institutions that God, uh, through Jesus Christ, established here on the earth, and that is marriage and the church. Amen? Why do you think that the devil tries to come against the church. Why do you think? Because it's Jesus he built it. He's a cornerstone. He said upon Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. The word Peter means a small rock. Upon this rock. And, and what that means is a bunch of a little rocks coming together to make a big rock, amen? Huh? And Christ taking that rock, which is faith, that he is the, and knowing that he is the son of the living God, amen? Huh? That he's the son of the living God. And by this, being the son of the living God, he becomes a cornerstone, which is the perfect way to build a building. Having the cornerstone perfect, level, and plumb. Amen? Now, I want to read you a little thing here, and then we'll finish. And we're going to come up front and pray, if you don't mind. If you feel like this is against what you feel, then I understand, okay? Among, this is talking about church. Among those who claim to be born again, the prevailing American view is, this, is that you attend church to worship God and to get spiritual nourishment. 
listen to this. It's a lot like going to the theater, but spiritual focus. When you go to the theater, you sit and watch the show that the filmmakers and actors have put together for your enjoyment and spend millions of dollars doing it. Amen? You may see a, a few of your friends in the lobby before or after the show and stop to chat, but that's about the extent of your involvement. Your religious you're a religious consumer and the church provides religious goods. So you attend a, attend a church that provides what best meets your and your family needs. Uh, he says over 30 years ago, he wrote an article titled, The Best Show in Town. I, I was critical of the way that man, uh, many pastors cater to this consumer mindset by trying to put on the best show in town. Amen? Every Sunday, the goal is to attract more and more people to attend your show. Amen? So that the offerings increase and you can hire more staff to make the show even more attractive to potential customers. So pastors and their staff members rack their brains and come to their ministry magazines. That is so funny. For, for new ideas on how to get more people to come to your show. Isn't that funny? The church with the most people wins. The results of the approach is mega churches with parking lots attendance, a coffee bar that rivals Starbucks, professional worshipers, teams that perform with concert level quality, short sermons that speak to felt needs of the customers and facilitates offering uh, offerings midweek exercise programs <laughs> along with free babysitting. But even with all these amenities, many millennial Christians would rather just stay home in their pajamas sip gourmet coffee, and maybe catch their favorite preacher online. They think, why do I need a church? The church is out of touch with where I am at. It's full of judgment, old, judgmental old people who are obviously uncomfortable with my tattoos and body piercing. I'd rather just stay home and surf the web for spiritual input or meet with my friends and talk about subjects that concern us. They don't see any point in being committed to a local church. Last thing. David Jeremiah, probably about 10 years ago, had a thing and he was making up commercials. And uh, these commercials um, were shown and showed showing that Satan was sitting down with people of uh, 
newspapers, ad agencies, and all that, to come up with a plan. This was in the, in the 60s. It's funny you said that this morning. You must have been on our same, same wave, wavelength. But back in the 60s, it shows us back in the 60s. And they said, what can we do to take away the importance of Jesus? What can, this is Satan, what can we do to minimize church? And these guys started coming up with these different ideas. We'll tell people that it's okay to watch church on TV. Okay? It's okay for them to go and do whatever. Amen? It's okay. It's okay. And it's all right. And and we'll just and we'll tell them that Jesus is just a good man. You know him say ye that I am? Say he's a good man. And yeah, but he's not God. We'll take away his significance and we'll make him just a man. And he had this in production for about, I don't know, 10 or so. And they kept meeting in the boardroom coming up with ideas on how they could minimize Jesus in the church. That must have really happened because his work. Amen? So what are we going to do about it? Does this make you mad? Does this rile up something in you? Huh? That Satan is coming and taking our children? Amen? Huh? Taking our family, our loved ones, our friends, and they're out doing whatever else they can do. Now, I understand you take a vacation. I'm not fussing about those that are out today uh, taking a little vacation. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you turn your back on the church and say, I like it when Brother Rogers says, well, I say something to them. They say, well, you'll see me when you see me. I like that. Yeah. That makes... As the stomach turns, but the Lord doesn't like that. Huh? And I'm going to tell you something, folks. You and I, together, and I want you to stand with me now, and I want you to make your way up around me. And I want us to pray today. I want us all to do something that's not professional. Turn off the Facebook. <laughs>